You're listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast. For a complete list of episodes, visit pdxpod.com or find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Remember to like, share and subscribe. My dad like owns pet snakes and like will bring them out in public to like I think he's trying to impress people but it's just scaring everybody. That's Brandon Lyons. He's doing a set at the Curious Comedy Theater. And he likes to like take pictures with his snake with like your nice car or if you have a motorcycle he'll ask to like sit on your motorcycle and then like wrap the wrap the snake around the handlebars. He has like a full Instagram account with just him and just different spots with the snake. And it's, and it's messed up because like that could be me one day. Like I could be the snake guy. That's in my genes. Ma, how can you fuck the snake guy? Like, and she goes, I knew he had a snake, but not that one. I'm like, whoa. Today we feature comedian Brandon Lyons, who we just heard, and Daniel Martin Austin, who hosts a very funny local podcast called Your Fault for Listening. And remember to get tickets to Jeremy Eli's Minority Retort, which will be at the Hollywood Theatre on May 26th. My name is Gregory Day. You're listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast. We're on every week. We are ad-free. Now, I'm not asking for money, but I do ask that you like, share, and subscribe to the show. So we're going to begin today with Brandon Lyons in Southeast Portland. We're going to learn a lot about his life as a working comedian. Brandon Lyons, how are you? It's a great set tonight. Thank you. Just uh, fresh, fresh off the stage, fresh off some chicken and waffles. You know, living a great life, man. My uh, my dad used to be like a he used to be a, a gangbanger, so like he fell off a lot, like to gangbang and you know living the high life to owning snakes. I don't know what happened. I don't know why it's better to own snakes than being a gang member, but it is in my heart. It is. And I'm like, how did this happen to you, Dad? Right? Like, I'm asking him, how did this happen to you? I used to look up to you. What happened? He's like, oh, it's fine. We're both Crips. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize for that one. That one I apologize for. I shouldn't have said that one. Been a comic for four years. Yes. Worked nine to five the entire time. Uh, it's like having your brain on overdrive. So those five hours you get um, after you get off work are really not yours to spend. You're really spending those on comedy. Um, And then you wake up, and then you spend the next eight uh, trying to pay for rent. Can you give us your perspective of the comedy scene here in Portland? It's I would say it's uh, waiting. Most of it is waiting for your spot at at the next open mic. Um, hopefully you're riding during that time, but not always. A lot of time you're, you know, hanging out with your friends, chit-chatting, 
waiting. So you're a professional waiter. I'm a I'm a professional waiter. It was a small scene, and it was built up by some very very funny people. Uh, Ian Carmel, Ron Funches, um, Bree Pruitt, Shane Torres, uh, Gabe Dinger, Zach Tuscani, all people who built their careers here in Portland, and while doing that, built Portland itself as a scene that people not only look to to come tour, but think about moving to to also build their careers. Um, and at this point, it's it's just a, a fostering hub of uh, new funny young uh, diverse is i would say that people aren't expecting out of portland comedy there's a lot of diverse very funny people here no but it's like uh like i saw black lives matter uh protest here in portland and it was fucking great it was like the widest black lives matter protest <laughs> that's ever existed but it was also super well organized okay everyone was lined up on the sidewalk single file all their signs were corresponding. <laughs> Fucking saw a cat on a leash. It was crazy. <laughs> she was protesting too. Meow, meow. Black Lives Matter, meow, meow. I was, uh, I almost got hit. Like, I went to the, the women's march. Did anyone go to the women's march to get laid, or was that just me? <laughs> I was like, someone's gonna see me here and know that I'm like, what's up, down for the causes? soldier out here for you. What's up? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. What do you mean, diversity? Diversity in terms of, of gender, because there's uh, uh, most of the, the local long-running shows in Portland are run by women. Um, so diverse in that term, and also diverse, diverse in terms of ethnicity. Uh, there's every type of race of, uh, of comedian here, at least one. Um, we got the token of at least one race. So that's, that's, that's my favorite. Maybe cut that out, Greg. Okay. Maybe we've got to cut that out. When I started, actually, I used to tell no jokes about my family. For the first, I would say, three years, I told zero jokes about my family. And they would always ask me, oh, Brandon, you telling jokes about me? Brandon, that was my mom. Brandon, I know you're telling jokes about me. Brandon, I know you're telling jokes about me. And, like, it, it got on my nerves one day, and I wanted to actually have some if she ever saw me. I told my mom, uh... She was not allowed to see me until I'm on TV, um, and I've kept that promise. She still hasn't seen me. I just have to make it on TV one day now. Um, but mostly from them asking about if I had jokes about them, and I didn't. Um, and knowing that I was going to need some, otherwise they, I wasn't going to get that nice home cooking, you know. My mom is a, a very free person, you know. She thinks... Uh, until we were 18, like up until 18, she only thought about us. And after we turned 18, she finally had time to think about herself. And uh, I think she's just like a, doing that, exploring just the world, uh, one sandy beach with black dudes at a time. So, so what's a regular week for you? Like you, you have a day job, but we don't have to talk about that. But what's a regular week for you? You, you work during the day and then you look for inspiration. And how does that work for you? Regular days, working the nine to five, try to get a dog walk before the open mics start. Um, wait for the open mics to start. Usually go to a coffee shop uh, or home. Just smoke so much weed that like I forget who I am, and then go out to the open mics and just hang out with people that I've 
um, become to know as more, more than friends, like almost family, because you see them every day, whether you want to or not, and that's really not a I've friend. I've heard that from Noriko. Yeah. Yeah, like co-workers almost. Yeah, they, they become more a part of your life than anybody else. Uh, what, and some of it's positive. Um, some of it's it's in the middle. Some of it's negative, but uh, it's th- it's the wild road we live, right? Everyone knows that this is like a gym, and we're all here, you know, working out, trying to get big so we can all move to the big city. It's a gym. Yeah, it's it's a gym. We're trying to get uh, our muscles big, our comedy muscles big, so when we move to the big city and everyone sees us, they're impressed and uh, they want to book us for things, you know. Um, no one wants to be seen before they're ready, and L- Portland is a great place to get ready. I think you just do anything long enough, and you become af- efficient at it. Uh, you you don't become good at it. You're not great at it. But you know, if you're not an idiot, you just you can figure it out. You know the the nuts and bolts of it. Um, a lot of people do comedy for a long time and never figure it out past that. I don't want to be that person. Um, but you, staying with it exactly it's just staying with it just like anything else you got like the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours theory right it's true and I hear this over and over again yeah just you, you just got to practice and practice and comedy more than anything you get out of it what you put into it the more I work the more I write uh, the more jokes come to me so like I told you earlier I don't I can't sit down and come up with jokes, but the more time I spend thinking that I want, I'm trying to come up with something, the more things come to me. Um, if I don't, if I put it on the back burner and I just live my life, then yeah, things come sometimes, but just not on the regular basis they do when I'm working at it. So it's kind of a workmanlike attitude you you're sort of espousing here, and I think you know, sticking at it is really the key. I, I I mean, talent goes, we'll take you there. But sticking with it, I mean, you, you're not going to do much without that. Coming from someone who started with no talent at all. No talent. Zero. zero so t- why did you even begin in Because I'm, I'm really handsome, you know. I, I know people want to look at me. So I figured I'd just be on stage and give them something to look at, at least for a little while. Right. And just go off that. See, you didn't laugh, but that, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Anything you want to say to Portlanders out there about about local comedy? Just go support your local shows. Earth, um, earthquake, hurricane at the liquor store. Barbara East, Holmes night. Too. Barbara's Holmes night at Eastburn. Amazing show, probably the best show in town. Alberta Street Pub on Sundays. It's it's we a have burgeoning some, scene. We yeah. have amazing shows to go we out. We really do. Great talent. And you talent. can catch me at one of those. Yes. Brandon Lyons. And we're at the Brody Theater every Wednesday at All 9 right. o'clock. Thank you, Brandon. And now we're going to move on to the second part of our show. Daniel Martin Austin is coming up. Now he's a writer for the Portland Mercury. He also has an amazing podcast. It's a local interview show featuring comedians from all around the entire Northwest. Name of the show is Your Fault for Listening. You can find it on SoundCloud. So let's jump to Daniel and I at the Funhouse Lounge. So do you know everybody in town? Every comic in town? You would Can think, you? but no. <laughs> there are so many comics in Portland. Every time I think I've met them all, like a new flock of 300 comes in. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like the worst gladiator movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep coming in. Another round. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then well, they just pass great. out in, that's in great the entryway of a bar. Yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Because, yeah. you know, when you listen to this show, you're like, wow, there's so many comics this guy is interviewing. And throughout the Pacific Northwest, not just Portland. Yeah. I, I, I do have to explain it to a lot of comics where there are comics that I can't book for my show, even if I love them live because my show does require a very specific sort of comic who has a story to tell who has personal material who I know can deliver that same level of energy and humor in a very awkward setting and the setting's awkward oh that's my brand I I, I like uh, keeping people a little uncomfortable (laughs) comics are very good at talking on stage not so much um, just in a living room, one on one. So that's interesting. Yeah. So it is sort of casual, but you want a story along with the comedy. Exactly. So there has to be enough essence and depth to the comic to uh, actually drive a show like mine. Okay, so now we're going to listen to an excerpt from Daniel's podcast. This is from the second show. Daniel's guest was Tiffany Grayson. Now, the concept was that Tiffany was to give five to ten minutes of her stand-up routine with no other audience other than the host. I did decide to clean up my set for the podcast. So instead of using the C word, I'm going to use, I've replaced the C word with the K word. And the K word is cunt, but just spelled with a K. (laughs) Think of it like instead of imitation crab with a K, this is imitation cunt. (laughs) I'm desensitized to the cunt word. I think after watching a season of The Sopranos or being married to my ex-husband. Actually, that's not okay. It's never funny and it's never okay when an HBO series ends. So I've been married twice and it was my second ex-husband who used to call me dirty names. I'd push his buttons and then he'd call me a cunt. And it actually worked out okay because we went to couples therapy and then he had a stroke. Let's call him, let's call him Mike, even though his name's Sean. (laughs) Sean and I, we just had one of those relationships. It was just not comfortable all the time, but it's just one of those things that happens. So I'm a mom. And as a mom, I think every parent has a low parent, has low parenting moments. For example, when my daughter was about three, we were upstairs and I'm doing my business and she's running around and she asked me if she could weigh herself. And of course, sure, I don't care. And I turned around and I realized she had taken off all of her clothes before getting on the scale. And I thought to myself, what kind of mother am I? What kind of mother lets her three-year-old weigh herself after eating such a big fucking dinner? (laughs) So I have a son. Uh, He has a girlfriend. He's 21. And she's a whore. (laughs) And I think she knows I don't like her because she came up to me and she's like, I really feel like you don't like me. And I said, I understand. Because I really feel like I don't like you. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you for listening to the Weekly Portland Podcast. 
My name is Gregory Day. I will be here next week. Please join me. There were a few things that happened. Early on in the show, I had a cancellation. So the way we used to do the show is I would record an episode uh, Sunday morning, and then I released the episode that night. And then I had a cancellation one week, and I had to freak out and panic, and uh, I put out a distress call on Facebook and managed to get Lonnie Bruin to come in at the last minute. Then there was another week, had another cancellation, and at, put out... It happens a lot in Portland. Yes, exactly. So many cancellations. Got it, put out a distress call, got Belinda Carroll, who has been absolutely my Svengali of Portland comedy. She has helped me so much. She gets me, uh, she introduces me to people, introduces me to venues, we go on the road together. It's great. Uh, but... Those two moments of panic, I'm like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I need to make sure that I always have a show, because this will be a weekly show no matter what. That's, that's exactly my attitude when I started. Exactly. And it was a real struggle. So instead of doing it week by week, I just booked blocks of comics. And any time a comic happened to be in town from wherever, like... Uh, we got Robert Segovia when he happened to be coming through from Austin, Texas uh, Kelly Cry from New York uh, so as these people were coming through I would just be like hey want to be on this podcast real quick and that created a drive because then I felt obligated like I couldn't just back away from the show because I still have to release this guy's episode you know <laughs> <laughs> I've had moments where I'm like, oh, this show has got to stop, but I still got 15 episodes to release. Crap, I'm still doing this. <laughs> and then the more listeners you get, the more you have to keep doing it, right? It's true, because they want to listen to their own episode, too, and, and their, their friends want to listen to that episode. Exactly. And you promised. Yeah. You're obligated to me. Yeah, so you, so you can't have to put it down. You have to keep going. At that point. That's uh, interesting. And at this point... I have episodes backlogged, especially now that we have... You think about quitting all the time, don't you? Oh, yeah, because absolutely, I do. constantly. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the number one thing I think about. I'm like, God, when can I quit doing this? was uh i almost got hit like i went to the the women's march but on my way there like i got hit i almost got hit by a lady and like her car was just filled she couldn't see because her car was filled with the black lives matter signs like it was filled to the brim to the point where she jeopardized my black life for her stupid ass black lives matter signs like obviously you don't fucking get this and I like try to look at her all weird, and she's like, "It's kind of on the macro level, like it's 
fuck you, lady, but I appreciate you. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs>